say there was a period of time when God's word to his people was lost and then when they found it and it was read to the people there was a time of great they accepted it with great joy yeah. and they were also terrified because they'd been breaking God's laws something like that just kind of a summary statement you know yeah well you're saying it right now on, on oh. you know oh, so okay. and that's fine okay. um, and and I agree and you know um, you know so I think the word here today is testify mm-hmm. okay? okay and we know that it's around the Christmas time because we got our little poinsettias out front we have, yeah. and stuff. So this will be a special. So let me, let me start from the back. I'm going to lay the foundation for us, okay, before we start talking. But um, this all started with me thinking about God's word, right? Like you had said, mm-hmm. you know, there, our culture today is so lost. And of course... You know, you would talk to the far left or to the far right. They would say, no, we're not lost. We're just oh. inclusive or we're not, you know. And, and But from God's standards, from God's standpoint, which, you know, this country was founded on Judeo-Christian beliefs, but even goes back even further than that. I'm not using that as an excuse to ostracize people. Mm-hmm. But it just... I just feel like the Lord just opened up different passages for one message and one message alone. And what was that that you just told me that might be good to say to people on air as far as, you know, we're in a culture that's not obeying God's law and what was... The, the words of God have been lost to the people by and large today. They don't, they, they're not aware of God's law. They're not obedient to it they, right. they don't even know what it is you know? well you know I'm thinking of Ecclesiastes right now because that's what I've been studying yeah okay yeah. <clears throat> and you know of course it, history repeats itself yes you know I mean we're in this little finite timeline right right yeah. and we only see the history that we have right here oh, you know yeah. from our birth or maybe you know we might see maybe if we're lucky grandparents mm-hmm. you know in their lives yes but the history i'm talking about like goes back you know like three thousand years to the mm-hmm. time of ezra nehemiah and so the lord's been impressing on me this about nehemiah and ezra and like we were talking about off camera that you know, they weren't obeying God's word. They didn't have, you know, the Torah back then to go by. They had just came out of 70 years of captivity. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I see all the parallels with today. We're captive. Oh, We're yeah. a captive people. Yeah. We're captive to the culture today. Right. We're captive to our enemy. I mean, China owns, I don't know how much of America it owns, but we're captive to money we're captive to idols we're captive to you know and whether you're christian or gentile now gentile would mean you know a non-believing non-believer but you know we're we're not we're not founding we're not following any type of firm foundation that like Jesus mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. We're like in this sand thing. 
And this sand pit that we're in is called culture. Yes. It's... And we follow the cultural foundation. Well, that shifts constantly. So how can you, <laughs> you know, so it was like the Babylonians, 945 BC, somewhere in that area, okay, that the Jewish people, and here again, this is the only part of this discussion that I want to talk about the Bible. Okay. Okay, okay. And the rest of it, I just want to draw conclusions and talk, just talk to people. Okay. You know, just, just talk to them. And, you know, here again, we were talking off camera about God. He has no sense of urgency. No. He, it's us. He's, he's going to be around a while. Isn't yeah, he? he's, he's going yeah. to be. He was from the yeah. beginning to the yeah. end, right? Yeah. All right. So the Jewish people have been in cap captivity for 70 years by Nebuchadnezzar okay. in Babylon. And the new king, mm -hmm. you know, Artaxerxes, right? Mm -hmm. He goes, okay, Nehemiah, go back, rebuild, you know, something God laid on his heart. Because yeah. that's, the, and keep in mind, this is history. Well, yes, history's important because it does repeat itself. Yeah. And if you can draw any parallels out of what I'm getting ready to, explain but <clears throat> i felt like god was saying to me you know we're in captive captivity you don't have to put any years on it it could it could have started 50 years ago it could have started 70 could but we're under captivity right now of our culture and so and i know i keep drawing back to the jewish nation but they had gotten out of captivity artaxerxes funded the operation to rebuild the walls. That was the first objective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then they came in and they rebuilt the temple. Well, during the course of rebuilding the temple, mm -hmm. Second Kings, okay. thank you for that, sir. All right. Verse, uh, chapter 22, verse eight. Then Helkiah, the high priest said to Shaphan, the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Helkiah gave the book to Shaphan, who read it. The scribe came to the king and brought, the, uh, brought back word to the king and said, Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workmen who have oversight of the house of the Lord. <clears throat> and then he says something about the priest has given me a book. He read it in the presence of the king. The king heard the words of the book of the law and he tore his clothes. Mm. Now that was mm. an extreme show of, what word would you use for that, Richard? Oh, he was uh, overwhelmed with grief at having uh, been exposed to the truth. Right. And he knew they had not been obeying the laws of God. It was an expression that I, you know, I don't know what else you could do, but it was an outward expression of an inward feeling that he had. When, yes, when he was confronted with the truth of God's word and he realized where he stood, it, it's almost like the like this Saul's experience on the road to Damascus. Right. He was over, yes. overwhelmed. Yeah. Struck blind, fell on his face. Uh, uh, the response, when people meet the living God, whether it's the written word of the law or the person of Christ, it's gonna have a profound effect. Right. It's, it's gonna produce a response. So my point 
in all this was, and like we were talking about off camera, that the people, if you go back into Ezra, like chapter 2 and uh, chapter 3 and chapter 1, I'm not going to read particular verses, but if you read those first few chapters, there was a great rejoicing in some of the elderly captive people that went to Babylon, mm -hmm. Babylon uh, the Babylonian Empire, mm -hmm. and were captured, they came back to see the temple rebuilt yes. and everything. And they, they had to have been like in their 80s or 90s, and they may have been like in their 10, 15 years old mm -hmm. when they were captive. So they remember what the temple looked like. Well, Nehemiah and Ezra had restored it. And I'm paraphrasing a bunch of chapters here. <laughs> but my point is, is they were so rejoiceful. And the scripture tells us how much they rejoiced and the crying and the burnt offerings. And they were offering to, to the Lord. That was the physical connection they had with God. Yes. It wasn't until 2 Kings chapter 22 verse 8 through whatever that was, 12, mm -hmm. that Ezra, and I think you told me what chapter was, or Nehemiah, where he read the book. Uh -huh, Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. That's where Ezra reads the law to the yeah, people. Uh, verse 4, Ezra the scribe stood at a wooden, wooden podium which they had made for the purpose, and beside him stood Mattathias, Shema, and he gives a whole list of people to back him up. He opened the book up in the sight of all the people that were standing. He blessed the Lord, uh, the great Lord, and all the people answered amen and amen while lifting up their hands. And he kept reading out of the book. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it wasn't, and after that, He's talking about interpretations. There was confessions going on. There was thanksgiving. There was supplications. Uh, they started doing the Feast of the Tabernacles. Um, here's my point. The, uh, Nehemiah and Ezra built the foundation. They resurrected the physical building, the mm -hmm. church as it were, if okay. you want to equate it to the church today. Yes. But my point is, is they rejoiced greatly when that happened. But it wasn't until the word of the Lord was read mm -hmm. and a king rent his clothes knowing what he had done wrong yeah. and they balanced it against God's word that was given by Moses people understood and they started repenting right then and there and for people to stand there for 24 hours to hear the word of the lord it's like where's that today richard oh my the sense of the word is not being understood clearly by the people in in this and why is the sense of the word not being understood well perhaps perhaps at rest with the teachers. Uh, if, you, if the teacher has not been exposed to the truth of it and responded in person himself, right. let the word work him over like, like the king, when he learned about it, he ripped his own robes. Right. There's a response on the part of the preachers if they, 
this is a holy God that I'm right. in trouble with right now. The wrath of God. So here we have the balance mm -hmm. today. How can we equate what happened then to today? And here's my theory on that. Okay. And you know, take it for whatever it's worth. Maybe I'm a heretic. Maybe maybe I'm going to get chastised for this by people. I don't really care. <laughs> That's not the point. But the point is, is that God's I, I've. I, I literally feel like I had to rent my clothes in order for this word to sink in because right now in our culture, and this will be happening around Christmas time, 2023, mm -hmm. okay? Our culture is so wicked with, and I don't mean every single church, every single pastor. I'm not casting stones here. There's a reason why our culture is the way it is. Yes. And I'm telling you, we are not passing down. We, we're, like, we're like the Jews were of their time 3,000 years ago. We're building temples, we're building churches, mm -hmm. okay? And I've heard churches are good, churches aren't bad. We need to build more churches. Well, yeah, if they're doing right. What good is it to build a temple or to build a church if God doesn't show up in that temple? That's right. You can have the facility, but if you don't have the living word in the midst of it. My point. Okay. That's why when Nehemiah opened up the book and read, the Spirit of the Lord was there, and the people felt it from Moses. They were hungry for it, just like people are hungry for it today. Yes. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to step out. Okay. And hopefully this comes across as righteous anger and not judgmental and ugly or whatever. But you've got people out in the world that look at Christians and going, how hypocritical are you? Yes. You... you get up in the pulpit or you teach a Sunday school and you yourself go out and these and and do just the opposite mm. or don't enforce it mm. or you have people who have been in church for 30 years and they're they're judging me and telling me the way I should live when they can't live it themselves and then you wonder why people are leaving churches in droves these young people are searching, they're looking for something and they're not finding it in church. You know why? Because we're not living it in church. Mm -hmm. We're not living the word of God. We're not renting our clothes and, and redeem, you know, and um, repenting from our own sins in churches, mm -hmm. let alone, you know, we walk around in, oh my gosh, I've heard in churches, Richard, I'm just telling you, <laughs> we say things without even thinking about what we're saying in church to other church members. Okay. And, and, you know, what, what I'm concerned with is, is we all make choices. You know, we talked to a young man yesterday. Yes. And we talked about predestination. <laughs> right. And we talked about, well, you know, God being a righteous judge. You know, we have, we have judges here on earth, right? And they try to discern the law. Right. But even man has turned those laws into 
a cultural inclusive type of environment that the standard just like I said earlier it's like sand it moves around and there's no standard by which we can follow people want things to be fair with everyone and I'm here to tell you that God is fair with everyone we may not see the consequences right here and now but in chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes oh, good. verse 13 now this is Solomon I'm sorry I'm bringing scripture into this but here again <laughs> That's okay. Solomon acknowledged the fact that history repeats itself there's nothing new under the sun right uh -huh. and everything we do is in vain there's nothing that we do that'll last when you and I Richard die we talked about yeah we'll have these broadcasts or these episodes that people will watch later on well hopefully yeah that'll be great and it, it not for us but for them because our goal is is to help other people understand and to walk a little bit closer towards God's word because we realize as Christians and I'm not ta I'm talking about Christ followers that's what Christian means right it does, Christ yes. followers <clears throat> that if we're following Christ we're doing our dead level best to do his will not our own and when we fail we recognize that and repent and even if it takes reconciliation with someone else or repenting with someone else then that's what we do yes we had a whole nation in front of god that repented mm -hmm. from their sins that acknowledged that they were doing wrong why can we not do that in today's society and we've got people out there right now searching that are looking at christians for the answer and we can't give them the answer because we can't repent from our own sins uh, right sometimes, i'm sorry i'm getting preached <laughs> no that's okay sometimes churches actually instead of standing up to sin they just embrace it and condone it it's easier yeah it's easier that's... it's a lot easier to do that than to confront yes. in a loving yeah. and gentle way filled with grace that's true the apostle paul uh, when he wrote romans chapter one mm -hmm. was not really concerned with your feelings he was concerned with you knowing the truth of god's word right and he spelled it out for you Right. Well, and here's the bottom line from the wisest man that ever lived. And I don't think there's a, a wiser man that ever lived. Okay. And if <laughs> it's 12 chapters long, they're short chapters. So if someone, I mean, it's probably one of the most melancholy books in the Bible, mm -hmm. but it actually got me on the right track about thinking what I do with my life every day. Now, I can't speak for everyone else, and I'm not going to judge everyone else. Mm. I'm just telling you what a man who has God's wisdom learned. He went through everything that you could possibly go through trying to satisfy mm -hmm. this vanity or this hole, this huge hole that mm -hmm. God places in our heart, and realize that everything we do, whether it's our labors, Mm -hmm. Hang on a minute. Okay. Whether, you know, we have sight, we, we don't actually see, you know, and we can't <laughs> satisfy our sight with whatever we 
look at. Uh, we have ears, but we're not hearing what'll satisfy us. You know, we work, but we want more than what we're given. We're never satisfied, you know. Um, we have our lust, but we're never satisfied with whatever that lust means. Now, some people think of sex, but it can be drugs. It can be money. It can be idolatry. Any type of lust that you have. Um, you know, he explored knowledge and found out that even his wisdom couldn't save him from death. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we have dreams, but we don't have any kind of lasting hope if you're not a Christian. You know, there's we can dream and we can have hopes, but they're just temporal. They're just minute specks. And then we go to the next fix that yeah. gives us hope. Solomon tried to satisfy his legitimate desires through illegitimate means, you know. Everything, everything, you know, and we seek justice but we experience injustice everywhere we turn. You know, and I'm a good example of that, looking at the TV with Debbie, you know, and I'm talking back to the TV back and yeah. forth constantly. And it's like I'm aching for justice and I'm wanting God to just obliterate it. And just like at the time of, of Christ, yeah. but that's not what he came here for. That, that. So Solomon tells us that we don't seek death, none of us do, young or old. We don't look for death, mm -mm. but there's no escape from it. We're the good die, the bad die, yes. the just, the unjust, the ones that seek after uh, infirmities and in, in, uh, things of this world mm -hmm. along with the righteous. We all die. Yes. So there's got to be a reason and a purpose for this life. So Solomon concludes, and I'll read his words because he's a lot wiser than me, but chapter 12, verse 13, the conclusion, this is what he concluded. Yeah. When all has been hurt, fear God, and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. Not just the Christian, not just the Gentile, not just to the Jew, not just to the pastor, not to the teacher, not to Alan, not to Richard. Mm -hmm. Everyone. God sees everyone. Verse 14, for God will bring, God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. So after reading this book, I got kind of a summary about, you know, be right. Don't worry about everyone else. Be right with God. Hmm. Be poised, yeah. right? Be poised. Alan, be poised. Yes. Alan, be bold. Right. Don't be afraid to speak up for what's right based on biblical principles. Yes. Enjoy life. God has given us labor. For men, yes, labor is like Adam was cursed with. You oh, know, that, that, I mean, but he has given us labor to enjoy yes, the fruits is. of our labor. Yeah. 
there's a lot of joy in a good day's hard hard day's work, you yeah. know, and, and you produce something. And so. women, he gave he cursed them with childbearing. Yeah. But a child is a gift from the Lord to raise in the admonition of the Lord, right? Isn't that what Scripture yeah. tells us? He, he, he gave them pain in childbirth and he blessed them with the children. So see, the world, what we're, what we're seeing is, is the world, the Gentiles, the ones that aren't saved, the, the non-predestined, are looking for something and they don't know what it is. But the problem is they're looking for it in other people. They're looking for it in a religion. They're looking for it in Alan or in Richard or a pastor or a teacher. And you can't find it there, folks. You, just, you cannot find it there. It's found in Christ. Christ is the only one that can fill that void. That's right. The world and anything in the world can't fill that. Uh, we have a longing a need for our Creator. And Solomon tells you to remember your Creator Yes, before you do get old. And Solomon tells us that God placed that hole yes. in your life Yes, that only He can fill. That's right. And so what happens is our sinful nature does the same things that Solomon did, unfortunately. But thank the Lord, he showed it to us yeah. so that we could come to a conclusion and learn from what Solomon went through. Right. So if folks are searching out there, quit, please, please, please quit searching for the building. Yes, rejoice that you found a church. Rejoice that you were part of a building project. Rejoice that you know, you have done something noteworthy with your hands. Hmm. But put the exclamation point on that with the word of God, because you're not going to find satisfaction or justice or foundation of truth anywhere else other than this Bible. That's right. And we teach that all the time. You've got to read God's word. Quit listening and start doing, and that's the only way you're going to find who, who God is. And I will add to this, because that wasn't me. Okay. I had to pray to God. I had to get on my knees. I had to humble myself, just like Nehemiah and Ezra, renting mm. the clothes, mm -hmm. knowing I'm doing something wrong, and cry out to God and say, I am sorry. I do recognize you as the Lord of the universe. You are real, you are God, and I need, I want you to guide me now. Yes. I'm tired of following all this garbage that the culture and the world yeah. has been throwing at me, and let me follow you now, because you're the answer. And I'll have peace, I'll have joy from the building the work that I labor in, the children that I bring forth out of the womb. Mm -hmm. I'll have that love now because you're giving me absolute, unconditional love that I've never felt before. That's where we've got to get to. 
And as far as predestination, I'm going to bring that back up again because I know that's a can of worms. But what was it that that young man was talking with us about yesterday? Because he was so on point with it. He said something about he's, he's got a friend of his that he was talking about predestination with. Yes. They were debating about um, what it means to be predestinated and when did it occur and... Um, uh, what should we presume concerning? Because right. God's all-knowing, right? He's yes. beginning, the end. He knows who's destined to be with him in his family. Yes. And so we were talking about that, and he said something very wise. I just, I, I wish I could remember his point now, but I should have wrote it down. But he was very wise in his assessment that God has picked us all we need to do is recognize that he has yes because he's always scripture tells us he's always knocking at the door mm -hmm. he's revealed through the revelation of his creation mm -hmm. um, he works through other people he works through his word in this particular case with nehemiah and ezra god was working through his own word to his people mm -hmm. it can still be done today Absolutely. You know, yes. And so when God's knocking on that door to get us to recognize him, all we have to do is repent and recognize him. Yes. And open the door and he'll let us in. Absolutely. He's chosen us in Christ from before the foundation of the world. Right. And you and I have the privilege of hearing the gospel, of receiving Christ if we so desire. Right. And if we receive Christ, it turns out we were chosen before the foundation of the world to be God's children. And, uh, well, suppose, suppose I'm not a Christian. Suppose I don't really want to be one. All right. I got an answer for that. Okay. And I've got to read this because I wrote it down. See, you just... I'm just telling you, this, this is, <laughs> we will all die one day. Remember me saying that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Good, bad. All believers, good. unbelievers. Yes. Right? We're yeah. all going to die one day. So how can I know that there's a God? And the problem with that is, is I didn't know that there was a God before. Now I do. Well, how did that happen? Well, there was a transformation that yeah, took place. Kind of and that was because... I challenged, or challenge may not be a good word for God, mm. but I expressed my sincere desire yes. to know that he was real or not. I tested. You, you basically challenged him to reveal himself to you if he's there. Yeah. yeah, and it was really me waiting in anticipation for him to react. Yeah. Oh. So... We will all die one day. Good, bad, belief, unbelief. And here's my question. And you don't know when that'll be. Oh, that's so good. How can we so nonchalantly, Christian or non-Christian alike, hmm. throw away that thought to the wind and not consider life after death? We don't know for a fact. There is no study. There is 
we've heard of people coming back from the dead and they talk about the bright light, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's fine. You can believe or not believe. <laughs> but we're going to die. And you, how you can... know that for sure. Yeah. How, and so did Solomon when he wrote Ecclesiastes. How can we so nonchalantly just treat that? Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, concluded life to mean only that which gives glory to our Creator, God. That's the meaning. That's the purpose of our life. If we recognize there's a God, then our next step is, is that we either can give in to that or not. And if we give in to the fact that we know there's a God, mm -hmm. we want to give glory back to our Creator because then we realize He's in control. He's sovereign over everything. We have nothing to, we're just along for the ride until we die and we spend our family life, mm -hmm. eternity with God, the Creator. Mm -hmm. Whether we want to see it or not, whether we believe it or not, we're gonna die. Uh, mm -hmm. There is a God and He is just. Okay, just like Scripture tells us, all acts will be just, uh, judged in mm -hmm. the very end. Yeah. Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen, right? And fourteen, yeah. Yep, and we do not have to believe because His judgment will come, even if we believe or not believe. Mm -hmm. He will judge. Period. How do I know that? Because I've experienced the living God, that just like you have. Just yes. like we do every day. <laughs> Just like we do right now. Yeah. We experience a living God. And, you know, it's, it's my prayer. I know it's your prayer. It's what we do every Thursday to bring people to the knowledge that they'll challenge. Yes. They'll, they'll want to test this God that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. He, he has radically transformed you and me, and the chances of either of us sitting down talking about him, uh, you know, 30 years ago, it wouldn't oh, have happened. No, you know, no, but, I would have poo-pooed it away, or, me too. you know, I've got too many other, I've got work, you know, yeah. I've got too many other things on my mind, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Nonsense, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm 30 years old, why would I worry about death right now? Absolutely. Right? We didn't care about death or no, didn't, didn't I'm going to live forever, right? Yeah, we didn't fear God. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't fear Judgment Day. We didn't. We didn't. We were just completely blind to the reality yeah. that the Bible set before us. And here again, I'm not trying. This has nothing to do with Bible thumping. No. This has nothing to do with me being holier than now. This has nothing. It's just I know. Yes. And you know. And there's enough of us out there that know. Look at, yeah. look at Ezra when he got up before the people. Okay. Nehemiah or Nehemiah got up before the people in chapter eight, verse four, and he was at the podium, and he's got one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I'm not going to go through all the people and mm -hmm. and name them. Oh, okay. not much less pronounce all their names. Yeah. But he had thirteen people standing before him yeah. or by him, uh -huh. and then he had the whole village standing out in front yes. of him. 
they were like teachers to explain. Like-mindedness. Yes. We're not alone. No. The problem is, and I'm talking directly to Christians and non-Christians alike, is that we don't want to be brought in under the conviction of something bigger than us. We don't want mm. to be told what to do. We do. That's just our nature. That That's not the devil. That's our sin nature. Mm -hmm. That's Alan. That's, I don't, I don't like somebody telling me what to do. <laughs> no. You know, we, we just naturally are geared like that. We got to get over that. Otherwise, you're not going to see the true God for who he is. Now, this is Christmas. And we're selling, I'm going to wind this up. All right. Unless you got anything else you want to contribute, but, or that's coming to mind. Okay. But we're here at Christmas. And this is the time when we celebrate our Savior. Yes. That he was born. That God Almighty came incarnate into this world, constricted himself into flesh and blood, okay, okay through a virgin birth. Yes. Just so that he could come down. Oh, gosh. Hmm. And give us hope. Yes. And if that doesn't help people to understand and to give them, I don't know what else will. I don't know what oh. else would. And it, it has nothing to do with you and me. It has nothing to do with a pastor or teacher, Richard. Yes. We know this to be true. Yes. And there's thousands of others out there like us and who have passed before us that yes. know the truth. Yes. And all we can do is plea and say, this week, go to the book of Luke and read chapter one and oh, two. Yeah, yeah. And then when you get done with that, go to John one and read John one, two and three. Yes. And don't just take my word for it, but take a sovereign God of the universe's word for it, that he's real and he's active in this world right now. Even though we're seeing all this atrocities and cultural issues and things like that, um, he's still working. Oh yeah, yeah, he's absolutely sovereign over everything we see yeah. developing. And it's just fulfilling prophecy. Right. But he has come in the flesh. God is spirit. Uh, he's invisible. Right. And he's immortal. And he has determined to create us in his image. Right. So we are spirits and we are invisible and we are immortal. Mm -hmm. And we're housed in, in flesh. A body. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus came in the flesh. His, his incarnation is described there in Luke 1 and 2 when he's going to come into this world as a human being, he's going to be born because you couldn't see him otherwise. Right. But he's going to make himself visible. He's completely God and he's completely human. He's going to live. He's going to conduct an earthly ministry when he starts about at about age 30. Yeah. And uh, oh my goodness, if you can follow him around and see what he does, there's uh, you better be asking some questions. Who is he? That's the gospel. That's, That's the, the good gospel. news. Yeah. Those first believers 
In Acts 2.42, after the day of Pentecost, and uh, for those that don't know the Bible that well or haven't ever heard the word Pentecost, it's just the spirit that you're talking about Mm -hmm. came upon a group of people, 148 or whatever the number was, and that exponentially went to 3,000, which went to 5,000, and they continued day after day after day they didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have evangelists no. and Bible thumpers. They just went and spread the good news that there was a Savior that had been born. Yeah. He lived. He preached words of wisdom and grace and love and hope. Yeah. You know, you can go back yeah. in Matthew 5. Those are the people he came for. Mm-hmm. And live in hope. And if you don't have hope, you can find hope. It's here. If you just ask for it. If you're just willing to be honest about what the Bible says and just openly and honestly read it, uh, that same spirit that revealed himself uh, back about 2,000 years ago when Christ was born, uh, that same spirit is still very much at work in this world today. And... Well, in the spirit that was revealed when Nehemiah and Ezra read God's... Long before Jesus got here, yeah. That spirit was because you read about... You have, to, uh, you have to believe and you have to grieve. And we've gone through that ourselves. We know yes. that process. They understood, in verse 12 there, they understood the words which had been made known to them. Yes. That was it. Yeah. You know, I used a little illustration this morning about that. You know how uh, dogs and cats get put in the pound? Yeah. And occasionally uh, people go in and adopt a pet there. Yes. They they call it a rescue pet. They'll they'll go get one from the and and bring it home, and it has a wonderful life after that. But prior to that point, its future doesn't look too bright. They're caged. They're caged. They're up. not free no. to walk about the way they would want or to be the dog that, that they yeah. were intended to be. And from what I understand, after they stay a certain period of time, they put them, to, put them down. Yeah. So if the dog gets rescued, his, it's, he really didn't have much to do with that rescue. No. You know. But some family came along and, and decided to give him a home, and he goes home with that family, and it changes everything. He gets to live, and uh, be and part he's of the family. free from the cage that he was in, that free. was his home. Yes, that he had no choice to be in. He didn't have a choice. So let me just spell it out. Okay, it's just like that dog is us in this world, That's and right. we live without choice other than the choices that we make for this world, which are the sinful lusts, the idolatry, all the things that we talked about earlier. But once we're freed from that cage or Mm -hmm. this world, even though we're alive and living in it, once we're freed from that, then we can live in the freedom of the Lord because He now rules over us. Yes, He sets us free. Yes. There's references in the New Testament. I came to seek and to save the lost, or I came to set the captives free. I mean, that's what he's done. Folks, the truth is, is that we seek, we're still seeking, and you're still seeking this world. 
Christian and non-Christian alike, are seeking this world still. Stop, stop. You're not gonna find your freedom in this world. You're only gonna find it in Christ. And it, 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 does it cost? It cost everything. <laughs> everything, just like it cost him. Yeah. Uh, all, the, all the money in the world, all the fame or pleasure or power will not save your soul. No. All that will do. Um, when, when you come to understand what has been made known to us in the Bible, when you come to meet Jesus Christ as the one who has made this possible, we, we, can actually, we can actually live out our days here knowing there's a better life to come. And it will. Yeah. And all he's challenged us with is to spread that good news. Just That's nothing. really all it is. Yeah. To get up in a pulpit or to teach on Sunday mornings <laughs> yeah. and talk about, you know, scripture. That's great because that may be the only time that people have an yeah. opportunity to hear God's word. Yeah. I'm not being negative on that, but what I am saying is, is that you're only gonna get out of it what you put into it. God wants yeah. to grow his relationship with you. Even if you're not a Christian, he wants a relationship with you yeah. desperately. He's trying to save you from an eternity that you're not aware of. Oh. John 3, 16, right? So yes. for whosoever, it's not based on what you say or what Mark Martin says or any pastor in Knoxville, Tennessee or anybody in the United States or me. It's not based on what I say. No. It's based on what you believe and what you know to be the truth. And the only way you're gonna find out the truth is if you, and I really, I, I don't want to sound churchy, but really the word is repent. It's recognize that you're sinful and repent yeah. to a holy God, not to me or not to a church or, you know, it has nothing to do with that. No. We use church as a guide to follow by, to go out into the world to spread the good news. Not that the good, news, the good news should be found in the church. We shouldn't have to have the good news in the church. <laughs> but we should be going out and spreading the good news to others. It's life. Yes, it, and it, it's Christ himself. Romans um, 10 11 says, For whoever believes, the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Um, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You don't have to be in a church building to do that. No. It's in your heart. I wasn't, well, I was in a church building, but yeah. when I met the Lord, but it was way before that, that I had asked the questions and that I read. Yes. Know. The church so. may be where you hear the message, possibly, right. but not everybody sitting in the, in the pews yeah. may be, uh, believing in their hearts. Yeah. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right. And I'm quite confident about proclaiming that to anybody anywhere and whosoever will believe that will be saved. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other hand, there's countless millions that hear it that won't believe it. You know? 
I, yeah, I mean, our heart, yeah, our heart aches for that, but um, I don't obsess over it. And it's not, I'm trying to convert. I'm not trying to convert as many people. It's the Lord that's telling you, come to me. You are who weary and heavy laden. He's inviting. He invites us all the time. And I don't know how people have been raised or the grief or the issues that they're going through in life right now. And, you know, I've heard it said, well, Jesus is the answer. Well, and he, he won't take away your grief. Mm-hmm. He won't take away necessarily your burdens, mm-hmm. but he will share it with you and he will walk with you through this life yeah. until the very end. And then if you stay faithful to him, you have eternity to look forward to with him. Yes. We're, if, if we think of life as we're all in a boat and we're just drifting down this river, and some of us learn that just down the way a bit is a big waterfall yep. and we need to get out of that boat and get over to safety on the shore or we're going over the edge. Right. Life has an outdate. It's just a matter of time before I am physically going to die. Yep. Just a matter of time. Now what happens after that? The Bible tells me plainly and clearly what happens. Yeah. It says if I perceive Christ, he's going to offer me an abundant life and complete forgiveness. It also tells me if I haven't received Christ, I'll meet him as my judge. Right. And so uh, now believing, it's a, I may or may not. It's up to me. Yeah. And it's every, God has been kind to grant everybody free will. Right. He lets everybody choose. And the Garden of Eden, he let them choose. Uh, he told them what the consequences would be if they disobeyed him. He said, you'll die if you eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. And they chose to eat it anyway. Spiritual death, automatic. Yeah. yeah. Separation from God. Well, let me, let me go, because we, this was a really long episode, but it, it, I feel it was good. I think I've, yeah. I've got everything out of my system. Did you get everything stated <laughs> I think, you wanted to say? I, okay. I think so. But okay. I do want to leave people with one last thing because you're talking about choice and decision. Mm-hmm. And I was at that crossroad just like you were at one time. Yes. But I can only speak from experience, and I hope to mm-hmm. express this properly as we end this episode and, and this Christmas time. But, um, you know, here again, I'm going to bring us back. This is Christmas week. And it's the birth of our Savior, and we're celebrating that to just give recognition and homage to Him uh, for what He's done for all of humanity and civilization. Mm-hmm. But I would say this to you who are hardcore atheists. You believe in something which is nothing. Mm-hmm. What harm would it mm-hmm. do to question? And mm-hmm. start off with one simple question. And see if God won't answer it in a way that will get you to thinking and ask the next question and ask the next question. And if you are so hardcore that you don't even want to ask the question, that's fine. Mm -hmm. We'll be praying for you, right? We'll be praying for you that God will reveal himself to you, whether you ask the question or not. because. He's going to keep knocking at the door whether you recognize him or not. But I say ask the question just so that it might give some uh, affirmation to the next question. 
And then for those of you who are on the fence and kind of in between, mm. I would say if this has stirred you in any way mm. or made you upset or mad, then fine, that's good. I want you to be like that. But ask the question. Mm. Challenge or test him mm -hmm. to see if he won't reveal himself in a dream or through another person or an unlikely person that you would never oh. get or maybe uh, <laughs> if you attend church service or whatever uh, once a year that maybe you might hear a message that might pertain mm -hmm. to this what you're hearing today mm -hmm. and then for those of you who are, who are in church shame on you oh. repent and turn back to the Lord and get back into his word and do his will despite a pastor or a preacher. I don't care. <laughs> Repent. You answer to the Lord, not to a pastor. Your eternity is not dependent on a pastor or a teacher, but it is dependent on your faithfulness to the Lord. That's such an important point. We all answer to the Lord, Jesus Christ. Yes. So yeah. I, I'm just saying, Christian, you are a testimony to the rest of the world. And if you're not living that testimony, you better get right is all I got to say. Because I look at me that way, and I know you do, and you know we we hold each other up and accountable, and you know we have to do that. We have to. We live in such a fallen world right now that when we don't help each other, mm -hmm. we're harming each other as Christians, and we're giving a bad testimony to the rest of the world. So shame on you. <laughs> Repent and get back to the Lord and do right, especially this time of year. If you're celebrating the birth of Christ, celebrate your own rebirth and renewal of your mind. And do it now. Do it right this minute. Don't wait another day. Don't wait for another message. Don't wait for the teacher on Sunday morning. Do it now. Right, and be right and quit worrying about pastors and teachers oh yeah don't do not let anyone stand in the way of you receiving Christ absolutely no what they might say or what they might think don't let that stop you from receiving Christ because you're you're going to be the one with the eternal consequence yeah not the them uh, they'll be held accountable yeah. but so will you likewise yeah remember what I'll stand Solomon you. says, you know, in Ecclesiastes, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm teaching out of God's word and we're both in agreement of what we've been talking about. You, you're basically sharing a personal testimony and uh, you wouldn't be doing this right. if you hadn't had an encounter with the living God. Right. You're sure he exists. You're sure he's real. No I doubt. am too. I had an encounter with him. Uh, we both have testimonies to share. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, we've, we've been doing this, I've been doing it for 26 years. And if I was, if I was not sure, mm -hmm. I don't believe I would last it 26 years. No, you know. no, 19 for me. I become an adult next year. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I really do hope everyone has a great Christmas. And if I've upset you or convicted you, great. Mm. I, I hope that's what's <laughs> happened. Uh, and if not, and you are like-minded and you have understood everything that we've talked about, then God bless you. 
and carry it forward and carry it on to others. Be bold, right? Like I was talking about. Yeah. Be bold and uh, you know, live in, live in the word and don't worry about the persecution. God's got it covered. Yeah, take a stand <laughs> for Christ. Confess him publicly before people and he will confess you before his Father in heaven. And yeah. I can't imagine being denied by him at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you end it. <laughs> well, we're thankful to have you join us, and we wish you a very uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we thank you for joining us, and may God richly bless you.